Welcome to Furniture of My Mind, your quirky Sunday morning podcast in which I bring you uh uh it's complicated. Today I bring you vanity not fair. Vanity not fair. I grew up in far simpler times and the simplicity permeated everything including beauty products. The dressing tables of my childhood would have a comb, a slim blue-lidded disc of Nivea cream, a bottle of some hair oil. My favorite uncle used cantharidine. I've never known anyone else who used that hair oil. A solitary lipstick, Pond's face powder, which was transferred into a silver powder box, a silver sindoor box, some powder drolly for bindi and often a pencil stub for applying it in the bathroom there were two soaps pears and life boy lakme was around but was not the favored one in our household maybe its connection with film stars and the print advertisements of those days went against it in the collective consciousness of our small three member household the faces of hindi film heroines endorsing the soap stared up with heavily mascarad eyes from black and white print ads and my mother probably had a subconscious fear that her only child would run away to bombay to become a film star if lakme soap was allowed to enter our home be that as it may my first encounter with a beauty product was in my infancy with kohl kajal made by my grandmother which my mother used to diligently apply with her finger not lining my eyes but literally in my eyes in the futile hope that the application process if not the product would help my eyes get bigger alas years of effort showed no visible result the next product to come along as i was growing up was vaseline for chapped lips all through my teen years i don't remember using any other beauty product except the exciting shimmery lip gloss which was gifted to me by a friend the only brands of shampoo around were sunsilk and clinic my hair used to be a big mass of unruly waves and curls after a wash my mother used to oil my hair with good old coconut oil and only then could it be tamed into being combed Even in my teenage years the contents of the bathroom shelf did not change much since it was still a comparatively simple age that's how old i am i remember contemplating buying clearasil for acne adorned cheeks but my mother would not hear of it since she believed young girls should not be dabbling with any makeup and all creams however strategic their positioning as medicinal cures came in that category then somewhere along the way like the process of teaching and learning the way we communicate and sundry other things the world of cosmetics transformed and like the swiftly expanding range of food cosmetics too entered a whole new era popping up in an ever widening variety of textures and colors and packaging and targeting every itsy bitsy part of your body from the tip of your eyelash to the skin under your toenail suddenly your daily dose of cosmetics was no longer something you spent half a minute over before rushing off to more important things 
it became one of the most important things on the list of daily indulgences. Whenever I have paused to think about the phenomenon, I have felt like Alice, standing alone in a world where the complex world of the Queen of Hearts and sundry other characters of all shapes and sizes suddenly transform into a simple pack of cards. Except, here it's in reverse. The simple has transformed into the more complex. God knows I've tried to understand it, but all my sincere attempts to do so have left me befuddled. There is also the eerie feeling that, like Alice, I can never catch up with the March Hare, no matter how hard I try or how fast I run. I mean, by the time I had figured out that astringent was good for my slightly oily skin, I had reached an age when I was told to watch out for my skin getting too dry. The god of this stage of life was the moisturizer. The part of my brain in charge of beauty products has remained underdeveloped, so that when a younger cousin patiently tried to explain to me the daily skin routine of applying toner, moisturizer, sunblock on a face in the morning, and a night cream with aha at night, it was just too much for me to handle and retain, even in theory. For me, using beauty products has been an occasional thing, like seasonal fruits and flowers, exercise routines, out-of-town travel, and haircuts. My crusade to control the seven signs of aging, as mentioned on a jar of expensive cream, lasted all of two days, after which the jar just sat aging on my dresser. When the new wave of CC, complicated cosmetics, was well and truly underway, my mind, like a proud child showing his notebook when he had done well in a grade two test, pointed out the connection between the writing on a jar and something I understood. The enlightening word was frutamins, something a smart Alec person in the creative department had come up with to justify his salary. Now my mind is a little like a burrowing rabbit. If it finds a shred, a wisp of something familiar or attractive, it will dig furiously to get to the source of it. So when I spotted frutamins prominently placed on a label, the next logical step was to jump to thinking, why should I buy this processed glob of fruit vitamins when I can get it from real fresh fruit? Papaya is a rich source of nutrients and antioxidants, great for glowing skin and good hair. The vitamin A and papain enzyme in it helps remove dead cells and inactive proteins, thus rejuvenating the skin. It reduces blemishes and also keeps the skin hydrated. Aha! I chuckled to myself as I read this. I had outsmarted those cream makers, aha adders, bottlers, advertisers, etc. in one fruity soup. Over the next few weeks, banana, papaya, tomato and strawberry paraded one by one on my face like the contestants in a talent show. I liked the fact that unlike the contents of a jar of cream, they were not preceded by a bunch of unnecessary words. The points given to each were based solely on talent. Strawberry was a clear winner, with banana and papaya tying for second place and tomato coming in a close third. I was mighty pleased with this find. 
Unlike the languishing jars and tubes on my dressing table, this was available in my hand as I did the more important and unforgettable task of cutting fruits each morning. I was pleased for being able to kill two birds with one stone. But my joy was short-lived. As I put a bowl of freshly cut papaya on the breakfast table one morning, my son looked up and exclaimed, Ew, Mom! And suddenly it dawned on me that seeing the fruit he was going to eat smeared all over a face was far from appetizing. So I had to declub it from the more important task and soon even the memory of it decayed like rotting fruit and the recently acquired glow on my skin retreated as blemishes and spots smirked gleefully. In the next episode of Vanity Not Fair, I will take you on an exciting behind-the-scenes journey.